Hey everyone, welcome to the Overcoming PTSD podcast. I am here with my, and I haven't done this intro in a while now, my lovely, amazing, fantastic, beautiful, very handsome partner, Bradley. Wow. Joseph. Can I say your full name? Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't need my permission. Stan and Schloss. It's a good name. Shipkey. <laughs> That's my confirmation confirmation name. How you doing, Brad? Today? Very good. Very good. Very relaxed. I'm feeling very good today. Feeling good I'm excited because uh you're bringing me the topic today. I have no idea right. what I it forgot. is. So, forgot. That's our new new way to do the podcast. So, what are we talking about? So, today I thought it would be a great time to have a conversation on anger. Oh, yeah. why did you think it was a great time? I Something have <laughs> no idea. No, it just I was just thinking about it. Was it that joke I made? Earlier, you made me really angry today. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, so I this just is just gonna be a venting time. session. You just snuck up on me and turned this into a venting. Yeah, I was like, oh, perfect. Well, because we moved this up a day, right? So I was gonna, we were gonna do this podcast tomorrow. Mm. So this, instead of date night, I figured we'd have a conversation about anger. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have a, a kind of a couple of questions I think for you specifically on anger, and obviously we can both answer them. But I think as per typically what we do conversationally, right, is like, what is anger? And so I thought it would be interesting to define it, and I'll I'll pull up the actual definition, but then also kind of define it for ourselves. So do you want to start with like your definition of anger, and then I'll do mine, and then we'll go to the... So we're just talking about anger? We're we're talking about Just period? Anger in a relationship? Anger in... Just anger? Just anger in general. We're going to talk about... Period. In relationship, and uh, maybe like what triggers anger. Well, why do you want to talk about anger? Well, because I think it's such a huge, like, emotion. And well, I, did something, like, come to mind? Was there, like, a memory or, like, a... Well, I think within, a, like within in our... In the community or something? Like, where, no, why? No, no, it, it just, it just, I, I guess just thinking back on our relationship, how much anger that there was, mm-hmm. right? And I guess maybe even tonight being date night, it was like, oh, wow, I'm really looking forward to, like, having date night and hanging out together and doing something, going on an mm-hmm. adventure, whatever it is. And then just thinking back to when we like couldn't even have date night and when it was just like date night used to be just like, Hey, let's, let's hang out tonight. Let's have a date. And then five minutes in, we're like, rah, 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 rah. yeah, when it was just, oh, <laughs> or you know, on the why? way Actually, to date, here's I remember why. driving up to Providence one time Yeah, and I'll, I'm going to, you know, be harsh on myself. Um, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always, I'm, I'm always very self-deprecating and I always try to, you know, lift you up (laughs) um but i remember driving up to providence and like you said something that triggered me and i just like flew off the handle right and the rest and like this would happen all the time and i'm sure so many listeners can relate to that as well where you know you might be wanting to do this thing with somebody you love or just anything in your life you get triggered and then you get angry and then you feel guilty and all that stuff Also, it's a big emotion, and I just realized maybe why it came up, right, and why I was thinking about it, because I'm rereading Harry Potter, and I'm at a part in the sixth book where two of the main characters, Ron and Hermione, are in a row. (laughs) (laughs) They're in an argument with each other, and they're angry at each other. Gotta love the British language. Love, love the British language, and which is English. (laughs) (laughs) Love their version, though. The old English. But... So anger comes up a lot in that series, right? And just life in general. And I think anger can be something really small, right? Like 
in the first Harry Potter book, you, you know, I think the kids are like 11 or 12. Do you know how old they are when 11. they first go? They're 11. You become a wizard when you turn 11. Right, when you're 11, right? So mm-hmm. they're like 11, so like the anger is... You come of age. ...is much smaller, right? And we're mm-hmm. talking about little things. And then as they get older and older and the books get more serious and now they're, I think, like 16 in this book, right, it becomes more serious. And as they become adults, like it... The anger, like anger is the term that we're using throughout, right? Like uh, an 11 year old is angry about something, but also an adult is angry about something. And I think that's really interesting about anger is that it can look like so many different things and it can be anything from like something super, super tiny to something like massively serious. And it can come in so many like shapes and sizes. So how would you define anger? How would I define anger? Yeah. When you, when, uh, you get angry. <laughs> I remember what do you this mean? Once, you're not allowed. <laughs> and I know it's like, you, you, I mean, anger you, you, is you can't use the word in the definition. When, I don't know. I've never thought of it before. So it's like, well, what, what happens when you're angry? Right. So I guess that's how you, you back into the, the definition of anger to think about like, what are the fundamental properties of anger? How does it occur in the first place? right? Usually, well, anger is a defense mechanism, right? So it's there to protect you from some type of emotion that you're feeling, usually a pain. So you usually feel some sort of pain. Uh, and that's a very general, general term. Like it mm-hmm, could be an mm-hmm. insecurity that, you know, someone says something or does something and it makes you feel a certain way, right? Um, like if you cut off in, on the, on the highway, you, f- you might feel, um, like someone just insulted you somehow, but insulted you, cut you off, made you, you know, have to slam on the brakes or something. And that annoys you because that might not be a good example. Cause like, why? Cause then you ask like, why would I get mad at somebody cutting me off on the road? Because there's literally nothing I can do about it. And there's no positive upside to it. Cause it feels personal, right? So why do you get, why do people get angry at like, why? I think, I mean, a few things there, right? It could feel like you're it's personally... Because ob- it's obvious. Here's, I'm just trying to figure this out because you asked me the question and now I have to, like, I have to figure of out... Of course, of course. What this extremely simple word means, but, like, and how it happens, but, like... So it's obvious, like, if, if you say something and you maybe, like, I... <laughs> I, have a, I have a good story. Uh, I didn't actually get, I didn't actually get angry, but this would be a good example of just being in pain. So I love making music. I haven't made music in a long time. I still like to play the drums sometimes like this past weekend. I played a, um, played the electric drums with Preston, my nephew, my four year old nephew. He was rocking out too, which was awesome. Um, but I like to produce music on my computer and this was back in college and I made, I was working really, really hard on the song. I was really proud of it. And I sang over it. And it was the first time that I really, not the, it wasn't the first time I sang over a song, but it was the first time I sang over the song and then showed it to somebody because mm-hmm. I was really proud of this song that I made. You know, it was an electronic song and I probably spent, I don't know, 50 to a hundred hours making it, something like that. Probably more than that. Um, and I showed it to this person. <laughs> no name uh will be mentioned no it's, name it's not you it's not kayleen no it's not me um and oh god should i say should i say it 
I don't know. It's like kind of inappropriate, but <laughs> it's extremely well. It's extremely inappropriate. Um, well, this person so said when reasons. they heard my voice, um, and they knew that like this was like something I worked really hard on, and like I played I played this person the entire song, you know, and then uh, I played it over a stereo. I want to cut in real quick. I want to cut in real quick because. Uh, Brad's music is incredible. Like he doesn't give himself enough credit. Like it is professionally produced music. Like you would hear it back to back with something on the radio and have no idea that it's like independently made. The average listener probably couldn't tell. He, he has the, a, a very <laughs> tight ear, we'll call it. Um, but it's it's but incredible. the trained ear could, could so could absolutely tell. It's still no. Amber- okay, excuse well, me. I'm I, trying to. Pay you a compliment. Thank you. Yes. Okay. And just to kind of put that in perspective, when he's saying he spent like probably a hundred hours on this, he's not exaggerating. He probably spent close to a hundred hours on this one song, on this one production, and that's probably not even including like the learning and uh, like years that came before of being a musician yeah. and learning these well, different things. And and anyway, so it wasn't even done. A either. tremendous amount of effort goes yeah. into this yeah. process, I- and it's extremely good and extremely personal and right? extremely so intimate I, and this was the first time that i ever showed a piece of my music to someone intentionally right people have heard my music before and heard me sing before and things like that but i was just like i was really proud of it <laughs> so like i remember sitting at my computer and i hooked it up to like a stereo system a pretty big stereo system and uh i pressed you know space on my computer my laptop i opened it up uh to press play and then I played the entire song. It was about a four to four and a half minute song. I don't remember exactly now. Um, and then the song ended and it was silence. <laughs> like, so, so, so the whole point was like, hey, hey, uh, person I really care about in my life. <laughs> I want to show you this, this thing that I'm really proud of. Uh, can I show it to you? And they're like, yeah. And then uh, I show it to him and it's just like dead silence. Like, have you ever done that where like you, you do something, you're super proud and then yes. you know that it, <laughs> the other person didn't like it because that like, it's just silent. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like one of the most awkward times. That's how I remember doing that fairly recently in the last year with the YouTube yeah, video. Yeah. I made it just before we set up or you like made me this new studio setup. Mm-hmm. I did a YouTube video on the whiteboard and I was like at the time learning a lot more about YouTube. So I was like trying i don't know i was like trying to be like let do less teaching and do more like high level whatever mm. and i made this like six minute video <laughs> i remember i showed it to you because i was like oh my god it's like it's way different than my other videos and i showed it to you and you're like what it just happened <laughs> <laughs> and I, like at the time i was like what like what do you mean i'm trying like i'm trying to follow the the, the rules was of the YouTube. one you did here on the wall um no 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 it wasn't it wasn't that one it was um i, I didn't i ended up not releasing it i did it on the whiteboard and i ha- i don't even remember what it was about you were right with the feedback that you gave um but i had like a flow chart of something I don't know Just if you like remember it. I don't know. It didn't make any sense. Like any sense, right? It didn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but it wasn't It wasn't near what the situation that you're describing. But it was just like a tiny twinge of like, oh, dang, like I, I thought it was good. And then I was like, oh, and you were right. You were completely right. It shouldn't have gone out and it was terrible and, and whatever. But in this case, the person yeah. was wrong. Very wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so then there was a silence. The song ended in silence. And you have that like dynamic of like, oh, you're playing this. And then I was like, oh my God, did I play that so like too loud? Because, uh-huh. you know, it was really loud and then it was just silent and just waiting there. And then this guy said, 
Your voice sounds like you have an undescended testicle. Which is terrible. <laughs> terrible. Oh, it was terrible. It was I mortifying. Mean, I was like, I was like, you know, like when you're just like, you're really embarrassed and you're, you just like, you feel like you're shriveling up like a raisin. Yeah. You're like you're into like nothingness. Yes. Your body's you're just like, just like crumbling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wish it was. It's not. I know. And I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> so anyways, that's an example of pain. Um, I didn't, I'm not generally an angry person. Um, I, like that's not really who I am. Like I, as, as I, my PTSD progressed, I obviously got angrier and we had a lot of like actual fights. Uh, this was before all that and it wasn't in my nature to, to do that. So I just kind of shriveled, shriveled up. But in that, in that moment, a lot of people, it would be very easy to defend yourself, defend that pain to with anger. Right. So that, that's, that was kind of like my, my thought process was like, you experience a pain and anger is just one of the multitude of responses that you could have to that pain. So in my case, my response to pain, and this can be like, like, like you think about a trigger, right? You think about, uh, like, like you get triggered, like your trauma gets triggered. And basically what that is, is when your body is reliving the trauma, it's re-experiencing the trauma as if it was actually happening in the present moment. So you experience that pain. And then you just think about all the different ways that you react to that trigger. Those are your different trigger responses and anger is just a trigger response which is also like on a side note it's 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 cool because it's not who you are right like because uh, it can yeah. be very easy to create an identity especially if you you are somebody who gets angry a lot you can be known to yourself you can start to build the identity of like i'm an angry person well it's just gonna say right? you just or i'm a that. bad and therefore i'm a bad person well because you had said like you know i'm not i'm not an angry person Right. I did the opposite. Right? Yeah, you're right. Like it's not in my nature to, to get angry. Like who I really am. Like that's not, I know that's not really who I am. Um, so it's just a response, just like shame could be one or running to an addiction could be one. Right. And all of those things are like, what are, do you have any other examples or other things that you could think of for like responses that you could have or like just extreme anxiety? Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh! I mean, anything, yeah. right? Uh, anger, sadness, anxiety. Uh, I mean, and then all the actions that go along with it. So that could be like self harm, self hatred, negative self talk, uh, rumination. It could be like you said, like addiction, and you know, which would fall under self harm. It could be numbing. It could be running. Like I think there's so many things that fall under that. I think what's cool. I want to go back to a couple of things you said, right? So like. It's not your identity. I think that's important, right? Because when we talk about like identity and we can create identities around these things and it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like you created an identity just there. Like you have an identity, like I'm not an angry person. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing, right? But just in general, like we don't want to create identity around emotions. We're not our emotions, right? You're not these like 14 emotions that we all experience, right? Right. You're, like you're you're something much deeper than that, much more than that, much much bigger than that. Well, yeah, and you can think of it as a response to pain, and that's right? exactly like the emotion is a response 
to pain. Right. It doesn't always mean that the emotion is right and that, you know, you can't do anything to change the emotion. Right. But it's not who you are. I think that's the distinction. Right. It's something you experience. Right. Like the anger is something you can experience. And that's a very common thing to feel guilty or to beat yourself up for having these emotions or specifically getting angry at people. Or like, or right? like, like you when, said, building an identity around it. Yeah. Right. I'm a sad person. I'm an angry person. I'm an anxious person. I'm someone who likes to fight or like my family likes to fight or whatever. Yeah. Right? Like, or, or yeah. I'm obnoxious. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a late person. I mean, now we're getting out of the realm of yeah, yeah. emotions. Well, I'm glad you finally admit all these things. <laughs> but you know, I think, and not to digress too much, but like our generation has a huge identity around mm. I think anxiety specifically, right? Like I'm an anxious person. Right. Right. And it's like, you are a person who experiences anxiety, right? And that's something totally different, right? Saying I'm an anxious person or I'm a person who experiences anxiety are two totally different things because one puts you in a state of helplessness and one puts you in a state of independence. And I think that's really important. Yeah. When you believe that you're an anxious person or an angry person, it's like, well, it's like saying, well, that's just who I am. I can't do anything about it. Right. 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 So it does, like you said, put you in a place of, what did you say? Helplessness. Yeah. Powerlessness. Powerlessness. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go back for a second to, for kind of my definition, then we'll read the, the definition because, you know, I agree like with everything that was said so far. And I think the theme kind of being like anger is, is surface level. Yeah. Right. So, so my the, definition in short, cause I never really finished it was, Anger is a response to pain. Is an emotional, I would say it's a negative emotional response to pain. Okay. Where you yell. Or you guess you don't necessarily need to yell. Mm-hmm. Whatever. There you go. That's my definition. Okay. <laughs> uh, right. And so for, for me, I think I would define it as like a surface level response to a deeper hurt. And so very, very similar, like a deeper pain, mm-hmm. right? Because I think- you, ang- you had that in your back pocket this whole time while you had me flounder around? I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, that's always how I've kind of thought of it, right? Because any time in my life where I've felt angry or I've seen somebody else feel angry, I always know- Oh, actually, let me go back to my definition, right? A surface level response to a deep pain that- is happening in an effort to protect yourself or, you know, you, you think that you're protecting yourself. That's what, that's why we get angry, right? It's some sort of protection and that could mean physical or emotional or whatever. Right. So anytime I've, I've been angry or I've seen someone angry, that's been my experience and seen people come down from anger or watch myself come down from anger. When you can stop the situation and like meet anger with compassion and love, whether this is personally or in relationship, I think what you typically find, and I think what we found in our relationship is, okay, there's something else going on here. And I'm angry because I'm, I'm scared. I'm angry because I'm anxious. I'm angry because I'm sad, you know, and there's typically, I think like an emotion underneath it, which is interesting because like anger in and of itself is an emotion, but I think anger masks like the true identity of the, like the true emotion that's going on. Mm -hmm. So in your experience, like how, how do you experience anger? What does anger like feel like for you personally? What does anger feel like? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like what I was saying before, where it's like, I'm not an angry person. So it takes me, 
Like I have to be pushed very, very far to reach anger. Like that's what it feels like for me. Um, but when I, when I, you know, experienced the trauma and had PTSD, I was pushed to that limit and I stayed pushed at that limit for a long time. So what does it look like? Well, actually, can we explore that a little bit further? Just sure. like oh, yeah. what, oh, yeah. what you talked about, right? So like <clears throat> you saying- You don't like, have to ask, by the way. What? Oh, if, like if we can explore. I'm just saying like oh, you can just- That was like less like permission, but more like let's Are you are granted permission <laughs> to continue. So just to like paint a clearer picture, right? Mm-hmm. So like you're saying like, okay, I wasn't an angry person or I'm not an angry person, but it took me- a long time to get to the point where I got angry. But then once that happened, right. And you're saying like, once you were more and more hurt, you kind of stayed at the edge of the anger. So then it took something very, very small to get you angry. Is that what you were kind of saying? I didn't say it was a small thing, but it seems like, you know, from, from your experience, you would say something small (laughs) or nothing at all. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying is like, I, I would get, my my emotions were naturally elevated, very high. And then it'd be it could be something small that would set me off and put me over that limit, over that threshold, and cause me to feel the emotion of anger. And then what I did after that was a choice. So I felt the emotion anger and I made the choice, and this is a really important important distinction as well, to then yell. Right, anger doesn't make anybody yell. You feel anger, you experience anger. Well, you experience pain, right? If you break down the series, like the series of events that happens mm-hmm. before anger, it's not like it just happens, right? There's a, there's a sequence of events that lead up to that, and then there's a long historical sequence of events that has led you up to this point, right? Especially if you're talking about trauma and, and triggers. But if you talk about the sequence of events with 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 anger, it's like, well, I I experienced some sort of pain whether it was in the moment or triggered from the past, right? That then caused me to feel this emotional response that was anger, right? And there could be things before there too. It could be like, I feel a pain or a pain from the past was triggered and then I feel shame. And then I'm like, I don't want to feel shame. Mm. And then anger comes. Mm -hmm. So there can be a cascade of emotions, Um, anger. Or I don't want to feel sad, right? Yeah. Or I don't want to feel. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Whatever. So there could be a cascade of emotions, or the pain itself could be shame, right? Or whatever. Um, and then from there, so those are kind of responses that are more automatic. And actually, this entire process can be automatic, but you go through those emotions and then you make a decision on what to do with those emotions, which I think is very, very important. Which is always true. Right, which is always true. Like you feel an emotion and you make a decision. And a lot of people don't want to, you know, admit that. It's hard to admit that. It's hard to admit, hey, I did something. It's hard to own that you did something wrong and not beat yourself up for it. So it's hard to own something, take responsibility for something, like yelling at somebody that you care about, and at the same time not beat yourself up or feel guilty for yelling. Like that's a very challenging thing to do for people. 
So it's very hard for a lot of people. And it was hard for me. It's hard when you're feeling the emotions to even admit, hey, I made this choice, right? Because basically what you're saying is like, I made the choice to do this thing. But you're also saying, I, I am responsible for this thing, which is also saying, I have the power to change this thing. Yes. Right? By admitting that you made a choice, it's not a bad thing. It was probably an automatic choice, right? Well, You've probably I think gone a lot of this... people are unaware of it, right? Exactly. So... Well, you've gone through this process so many times that it becomes habitual and it becomes automatic. And it's likely that you're not even aware of it, like you just said. So you're going through this. And part of this, the, the process and the recovery process is becoming aware of the patterns that you go through, mm -hmm. right? But that is such an essential piece. You know, I may not be in full control of my emotions yet. I can heal them. Right. But I might not necessarily be in control of the emotional responses I have, but I am in 100% control of the things that I do in response to those emotions. So I could feel that pain and feel that anger and yell at you, or I could feel that pain and feel that anger and say, hold up. I'm, I'm, I need to take a little bit of a break and then go deal with it in the other room in a positive way, in a positive way. In the other room, you know, that could mean a lot of things. I could, I could, I should go into more detail there because that could be like, I'm going to go, you know, rip a head off a teddy bear, which wouldn't be that positive or like that wouldn't punch be that stuff negative, or break though. things. I mean, you know, as far as things go, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. What if it's your teddy bear? Well, don't touch you. <laughs> Do not touch you. Hey, He's you said it was a positive thing on the podcast. No, I didn't say it was a positive <laughs> thing. I said it's not that. Oh, okay. It's not, not negative. that negative. No, but, as far as things go. What I meant is go into the other room and like do some journaling or something. That's what I was saying. Right. Or do a, a relief tool or some processing or yeah. go for a walk. Just cool off. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think, you know, just to go back here, like there are different levels of awareness that you have when it comes to your emotions. And I think the most important thing to like walk away with and the most important lesson I learned is that you are in control. You have to decide to take control, mm -hmm. right? And so like, you're not wrong intrinsically just for having a feeling or for feeling anger. Like there's nothing wrong with you for feeling anger. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling sadness or for feeling whatever you feel. Like your feelings are trying to tell you something. Right. That's why we feel things because we're human. And typically because we're trying to tell ourselves something or we need to communicate something to someone else or, or some semblance of those things. Right. So there's nothing wrong in that. But we need to become aware of the fact that we're in control of those things. Right. And there's different levels of control. We're in control of, you know, kind of if they come up, when they come up. We're in control of what we do, kind of like when we feel them and how we, you know, treat the other people in our life, you know, which I think is, is important, right? So like you can feel anger come up and not react, or you can start to react and stop yourself, right? So those are like key elements. Like you're in control at all different levels during this process. You can heal, you know, what's causing your anger so it doesn't come up at all. You can take control, you know, as you start to feel yourself get angry so that you don't lash out at a loved one or you don't do any damage and deal with it in a positive way. Or you can, once you notice that you are angry, stop it in its tracks, right? And that's going to feel different because it's going to feel like it has a lot of momentum and then step out, then choose to do something different with it. Yeah. So there's a lot of things you take responsibility for the fact that it's a choice. Right. Right. Which is like for, for everybody who's listening, like that is such a huge, powerful 
step, right? And one thing that I like to say, which some people don't like, but it, like, you're, um, I, I like to say to myself, my emotions are my problem. I don't ever say this to other people. I don't ever say like your emotions are your problem mm. unless I'm trying to teach, <laughs> you know, unless I'm trying to educate that person and they're just like, you know, they're being real, really annoying, you know, I'm just kidding. I'm like trying to, I'm trying to hint that I'm talking about you. I think it's obvious. <laughs> okay. I guess I had to say it explicitly. Um, but like my pain is, or my pain is my problem. My emotions are my problems, right? They're me, right? They're not, they're not your problems. They're not, you know, Charlie down the streets problems. It's not my parents problems. It's not the per anybody who, who, you know, bullied me in, in, you know, middle school. It's not their problem. My emotions aren't their problem. They don't care about my problems. Like nobody who abused you or treated you poorly cares about your emotions really. And at the end of the day, they can't fix that. Even if the person who hurts you apologizes, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to feel any better. And a lot of times like it doesn't cause it's because they're your emotions. You have to do the work. Right. And that, that's just like, I was having a conversation with somebody, somebody sent us, sent me a message on our platform, um, on our, in our membership, one of our members saying something like, you know, I've been having like the, a strong victim mentality mm. and um i was talking and then i like replied to him with you know how like you know a victim mentality is all about blaming and pushing responsibility onto other people and the opposite of the victim mentality is when you own everything and you take responsibility for everything but another element of that or that can uh, another great way to to think about that is my emotions are my problem Right. Because then what that is saying is like, I am taking responsibility for my emotions. Right. It's not, it's not this person's fault for triggering me. It's like, and, and if, if you think in that way, it's like when you, if you blame somebody else for like yelling at you or are for triggering you, um, then you, like you said earlier, you are powerless. You have no power over the situation. Mm -hmm. So that to me, at least, was a very, very powerful realization for me to realize that my emotions are my problem and I am ultimately in control of it because like I spent so much of my life just being like, Oh, it's this, it's this person's problem. It's this person's problem. It's this event. It's the weather. It's something else. These are all the reasons or all the excuses of why I feel this way. When in reality I felt that way because I allowed myself to feel that way. I think that's profound, right? Like, the relationship between blame and anger. I didn't think about this coming into this conversation. I was no more well, yeah, prepared well, yeah, that that's... you were, but like the relationship between blame and anger, because anger can change on a dime. It, uh, anger can melt on a dime, which I love watching happen. Right. And whether that's just uncovering the deeper emotion or letting like stop, stopping blaming something. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause if you're angry yeah. and I, I'll share a that's story about getting angry. Cause I think it's funny and although it's not funny, it's totally inappropriate, but I, you know, there are so many things that we've done that I think when we can paint the picture, it helps other people be like, Oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Like we've put, you know, our fists through walls and broken things. And, uh, you know, we kind of had a running joke for a while in our house that like we couldn't have bamboo furniture. <laughs> Cause it is so satisfying, so satisfying to break. To break. <laughs> if you, 
I apologize for anybody here who's still going through stuff and has bamboo furniture because you will be oh. this is, this much more. Uh, what you have that much more desire to break it? Yeah, you're gonna look at that piece good. of furniture. Oh, it sounds actually. Good. Did you ever break one? No, I, I honestly yeah, enjoyed I watching you break them. Oh. oh, do you remember the little table? I was just we had? gonna yeah, the one oh you stepped God. on. That was that like, was the best thing I ever broke. Yeah, out of anger. So I just like I just like it was like this little small table where we put like a plant on it, bamboo, little IKEA bamboo table, like not super well built. No, I love put, that table put together. Though. Oh yeah, I did too. Um, with like staples, it wasn't like very well put together. But then I just like curb stomped it, and it just like it sh- like went into all the little pieces. And like I don't know the sound. The sound the was, sound really was nice. so good of yeah. all the little pieces of bamboo hitting each other as it broke beautiful it was almost like a bamboo wind chime it was great yeah it was heavenly it was heavenly yeah if that, if that wasn't in like the heat of anger it would have been a very relaxing sound <laughs> but you know so we've done those things plates and dishes and thrown stuff and whatever yeah and uh a story comes to mind that like it makes me laugh again totally inappropriate but when it comes to anger i was driving in my car i drive this little red car and I get bullied a lot in my car people tailgate me <laughs> are you talking about yeah oh yeah and this is a, yeah, this is actually really so I'm funny. from New York, right? So like I know how to drive. She's from New York. I'm from New York. Um, I know how to drive. I drive appropriately. And I was <laughs> I in the right lane and somebody, a, a trucker, a big ta- a oil tanker on the right of me was wanting to merge onto this like quasi highway we have here in Rhode Island. And they had a yield sign, right? And, you know. I moved over because there was no one in the left lane and this trucker came in, but still beeped at me, like laid their horn on, you know, and kind of like looked at me as if I was in the wrong. Right. And they, they had a yield sign to come out of the highway. Anyway, we go on a little bit further. Finally on this, on this road, we reach a light and I can see that, you know, this part, this truck is behind me. And I have this feeling in the back of my head, like, you know, this person is upset at me for no reason because they were in the wrong because they were supposed to yield. Finally, they pull up next to me and they flip me off. Right. Boom. And oh, man, then it happened. Then I was like, (laughs) no way. You are in the wrong. Right. So I leaned over, flipped them off. Right. And then we pulled up nose to nose at the next light together. And I was like, oh, man, this is not <laughs> going to be good. And it, I am not a confrontation person, but something in me flipped. Right. And I went from, you know, taking responsibility, which was me, like, I'm just going to move over or whatever so that they can have their runway. I have a lot of respect for like truckers and um, people who work to dr- or drive to, to work for a living because they're on a time clock. And so it makes you drive differently, right? And I try to kind of yield to the people that are working. Anyway, we pull up to this light together. He starts screaming at me. I start screaming at him. We're flipping each other off. We're saying really mean, nasty things to each other. And <laughs> I would never do that. It was so, it was so unlike me. It was so, that's the most inappropriate thing like I've done in regard to anger. I know we've yelled at each other, but that's like in the privacy of your home is different than like you're screaming at someone at a (laughs) traffic light. And I said something really mean that I regret, right? And the second I pulled away from that light, I regretted it. The second, you know, he turned off to pull into this business. The second I pulled away, I felt immediately terrible. Yeah. Well, you know what that tells me is that, that tells me that you're actually a good person. Right. Right. And like, that's, that's actually a really interesting thing 
because if you feel guilty, it means that you know what you're doing wrong. If you feel good for being angry, like that's when you're you're getting into some like. Have you heard of, like you know the the dark triad, um, traits where it's like basically tr- it's it's like it's like the Myers Briggs, but to tell whether or not people have like evil traits. Like sociopathic, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like narcissistic and Machiavellian, yeah. sadism. So, like, then you're getting into that zone where it's really dark. If mm-hmm. you, if you enjoy causing pain or you enjoy uh, or feel good about doing those things, and there could be an element of like feeling good when you release anger, but I think that can be like the fact that. Because people do a lot of things that they regret. Well, and that can be right? trauma too, you know, like yeah, yeah. I was all, ta- all of it's coming from a place of trauma. I was talking to this guy on the phone a few years ago who was a um, Iraqi vet, right? And he was he was a um, he was a U.S. soldier, but he was uh, I don't know what rank he was or anything, but I knew I know he was leading um, a a bunch of guys, and he made decisions that you know, then led to his soldiers, his guys being killed in the field. Mm -hmm. And he felt immense guilt Mm -hmm. from that. And, you know, there was a lot of things that we worked on, but I remember one thing that I said was like, well, the fact that you even feel that means that you're a good person. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact like it, it, you did the best you could with the given information like you're a good person. You didn't do that on purpose. And obviously like there's more work to be done, but like to, to heal that trauma, it's like just a word isn't like, or just a phrase. It's so hard. You know, when you talk, when you talk to people, like on one sense, it's like you can give a lot of really good advice, but when you get down to the real raw stuff, it's, it's challenging to, it's challenging to speak. And I hold, I hold uh, combat veterans at such high regard that I, Oh, I respect them so much. So it's like, it's almost harder. Cause I want, I want to make sure I do everything right mm-hmm. when helping. Um, but that was something that I remember saying is like, just because they're just the fact that you feel guilty. So like for anybody listening, if you, if you feel guilty, if you feel bad for doing something like that's actually a sign you're doing, like you're a good person, right? You didn't want to do that thing and you have remorse or whatever it is. And that, like may not be exceptionally comforting, right? <laughs> like it's still painful. doesn't mean it's all going to go away. It's just a magic wand. But I think something that we always, you know, held on to was like at our core, we're good people. You mm-hmm. know, we might be experiencing all these pain. We might be feeling regret. We might be doing like stupid things and yelling at people and truckers who might get out of the car and beat us up. No, <laughs> no, she would, Kaylee's got a black belt. That guy had no chance. (laughs) (laughs) But point of the story, right? So I, I, the second the situation ended, right? Yeah. The anger melted and it went immediate to guilt, Mm -hmm. shame. I was on my way somewhere, so I didn't, you know, I I had some sort of time commitment, uh, but I almost turned around to apologize. And... I used it as an opportunity to kind of reflect, right? To say, okay, like, well, what what was going on there? Like, what happened, right? And so what it was was something deeper of feeling like, okay, the whether it's, you know, people in my life or societally or, like, throughout my lifetime, I feel like people have 
bullied me, walked all over me for X, Y, and Z reasons, right? Because they underestimate me because I'm female, because I'm small, because I drive this Mm -hmm. little dinky little car that looks like, you know, a 90-year-old woman drives it, right? (laughs) And, you know, constantly have, has like challenged my intelligence when like I know the thing that I'm saying is right or whatever it was, right? And so all of that came out at that moment, at that portrait. I'm sorry for laughing at that. All the things that you're like, all the insecurities. Yeah, Brad's like giggling over here. I'm like just like pouring my heart out, you know. Um, But that would actually be a really good episode. Like you know how I always make fun of you. Yeah. Like at very inappropriate times. Yeah, I don't know that people would love. No, no, no. But it's but if you learn about kind of the psychology behind it and different examples of it, it'd be really useful. Like for example, we talked about this on a podcast years ago, but. POWs in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. One way that they were able to withstand the the horrors and the torture and all the stuff they went through was by using dark humor. It helped them get through there and making these really like dark jokes. But in our relationship, in our when we were healing, I would do that all the time. Like basically, it's it's almost like break. You know what? Like the term breaking the third wall is. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's kind of like that where you're like you're in your own movie, and then I say something that's just like totally inappropriate, and it's like, whoa, that's you shouldn't have said that, but that is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like shocking, shocking humor. But anyway, I think I think you have a really a really good point about that. What was my point? Um. I don't remember. I think kind of the, the point being, right? So like all like it was something much, much deeper than that. Right. So it all came kind of to the surface at it had nothing to do with the trucker. Absolutely nothing to do with the trucker. You saw a good point, even though I couldn't articulate it. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, it didn't have to do with the trucker. Oh, this is this is what it was. You were you were talking about how how it was all like um or I at least I really like this point where it's like it's not about the trucker. It wasn't like all these outside things. You know, it was, it was me, not me, but it was you. It was. Okay. So we were talking about blame. Right. And so exactly, like, yeah. I started blaming the trucker in my, now this was the story I was telling myself in my head. None of this was happening. Like none of this was happening in real life. This was going on in my head. Right. I could have ignored and I've ignored many middle fingers from people on the road for various reasons. Right. and have had no problem doing that. And it it has no effect on me or it has had no effect on me. And I could have ignored it and I could have just, you know, gone on with my day and gone to my destination, but I didn't because the story in my head switched from, you know, me being in control of my life to this trucker being in control, right? So I then started to blame this trucker for underestimating my ability to drive and my ability to make good decisions, smart decisions, right? And so then when we pulled up to that light, you know, I said some pretty mean things, basically calling this guy an idiot because that's the story I was telling myself in my head. I was telling myself that this guy thinks I'm inadequate. I'm an idiot. I don't know how to drive. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know the rules of the road, this, that, and the other thing. And I was blaming yeah. him for thinking that, right? Even though I- <laughs> there's no way that you would ever know what he was thinking. Right. It's so funny that you you project, right? You project your insecurities on that moment, right? Which is what that was. Mm-hmm. You're like, I am projecting what I believe this guy is thinking, even though I have no idea what this guy is thinking. Mm-hmm. And then reacting towards it, handing over all control, all mm-hmm. emotional control and bodily control, basically, to this to this man, to this stranger, you know? It's really interesting. And how different is it when you have the confidence 
to say like I don't care what that guy thinks, right? Like I like it doesn't matter to me what that guy thinks because I know I know how to drive. I know I know the rules of the road. I know that I command respect. And I don't take anything less than, you know, I deserve and and this, that, and the other thing, right? Like, it's a different situation. And it's just like a totally different mindset. So when you release blame, when you stop blaming and you start taking responsibility, and this is where Brad was talking about, like, the victim mindset, right? When you stop blaming everyone else for your emotions, your problem, your trauma, your this and that. And here's here's something else, right? Reality could be, I wish people could see what you were doing right now. Reality could be that somebody else did immense damage to you or, or like oh, literally, literally gave, like gave you your trauma, whether it was abuse or, you know, the, the world gave you your trauma or whatever it was like, yeah, but like for our purposes here, that doesn't matter. You, you still need to take responsibility for your healing. Right. Yeah. And this isn't, this isn't for even forgiveness. Like we're not even talking about that, that level of, you know of change in focus or change in belief. It's just, it's giving you back control, right? And giving you back the power of your actions and your thoughts and your right. emotions saying, I, this is mine. I'm going to own it. I can change it. Now I have a really interesting question for you. While you ask it, can I tell people what you were just doing? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of an audio podcast. Some things are meant to be meant to be left a mystery. So my question for you Um, this came up with like when we were talking about blame, can anger exist without blame? So if you take full responsibility for yourself and your emotions and your actions, will you ever get angry? I don't know. And is there positive anger? Because there have been moments in my life where it's like, I think, I think anger measured, measured anger, or it might be better to say measured intensity because anger to me signals like loss of control or not voluntary. But I think there's certain parts in your life where like you want to be more intense, you know, like if your kid's about to do something really dangerous, you want to see, you want to like yell at them, but that's not angry. Or let's say somebody breaks into your house or something. It's like, well, you want to have the intensity and you want to have basically your, your game face on to defend yourself and defend your family. That's what I think about at least, but can, can anger exist without blame? Can we go back a second? Cause I would say in that situation, anger actually, in my opinion would be weakness in, in that situation. In right? what situation? Like, like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, you're in a, a potential fight situation where you're defending something. I would, I would argue personally. Now this doesn't come from like, experience necessarily but that that anger can be weakness i think when you're in control of your emotions and when you're level and you're logical that's absolute strength and absolute power because it's absolute control because you're the alpha in that situation when you're leading with emotion i think that's how mistakes get made Mm. that's how you end up getting hurt hurting others that's just a terrible situation when you're in control and i you know i'm going to use a fictional character just because it's what I'm currently reading. Well, you're right. That's a really good point. But, you know, if you think about in the Harry Potter series, you think about Albus Dumbledore. Never, ever do you see anger from that man. <laughs> Unless you're watching the movies. Yeah, don't watch the movies. <laughs> you know, it always, it's absolute level-headedness. Calm absolute control. calm. Almost peace. Right? And that's what's so intimidating about him as a character is 
you know he's completely in control and completely measured. Yeah. Whereas you have Voldemort, who's always angry, always angsty, and you never know what's going to happen. And that ends up being his ultimate weakness. Yeah. Is he's actually so emotional that he makes all these bad decisions. He obviously hurts a tremendous amount of people. And in the end, can't cut it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, anyway, so... Uh, you know, I would say anger is weakness. And so the question that you asked me was what? Can anger exist well, without I, blame? I, I agree with you now, now thinking about it deeper. So maybe, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think I agree with you. Uh, so my, my question was, can anger exist without blame? I want to go back w- one more time, right? Because I had, um, <laughs> no, I'm just thinking more about this now, right? And I remember like, some of the karate senseis that I had, right? The, always like the guys with the highest level of training and experience were the sweetest, most calm, most peaceful, most gentle human beings you would ever, ever run into. Mm-hmm. You'd have like so gentle, like so nice, like like walk your grandma home and like cook her dinner and like like so gentle. And they were the most dangerous yeah because uh, like their their expertise their training made them confident enough to yeah. be that level and that dangerous and you know you you hear stories from from the other guys of like what these people have done and like you know been in in bar fights and knife fights and protected people and all these different things and always come out on top and not getting hurt and controlling the situation and you're like wait that guy that like guy that's over there in the corner, like, like giggling and being sweet and funny and like dancing and laughing. And, and yeah, like that guy's extremely dangerous. Right. So just to, to yeah. reiterate that point, but, but no, but you're right too. Cause like you think of the most advanced, advanced, uh, f- fighters, fighters, athletes, warriors. Yep. Right. So like Navy SEALs, it's like, you don't think of an emotional, like you, you don't think of an emotional, angry person. You think mm-hmm. of someone who like, they're scary. Like one of my, cousins is mm-hmm. a, like a navy seal and you meet the guy and you're just like he's like he's like solid he's like rock solid mm-hmm. like i don't i don't mean like physically like obviously he's very very strong <laughs> but just like his his uh how do you even describe it it's like it's like you shake it's like the type he's like the type of guy where you shake his hand and it just like it sh- it shows shows you how inadequate you are, <laughs> how how like basically how strong he is and how like but he's he's like I, how do you how do, how would you describe it? You've never met. I've him, never but, met like, him, but I would imagine based on other people that I met, so controlled, controlled, so grounded, yeah, like so stoic, attentive, controlled. It's like so ex- focused, controlled to like controlled isn't even the right word because it's so much more extreme than controlled mm-hmm. it's like more controlled than you could even imagine controlled aware but it's like that's but, but you're right like that's what's scary it's not like the emotional person it's like an angry person is scary but for different reasons mm-hmm. because you know they're going to do something stupid yeah right and that's how mistakes are made but yeah, but you can control an angry person right because they're oh, they're already you can, being controlled. you can manipulate them exactly very easily right, right and i don't mean that in like a big negative way but like you can you cannot manipulate someone who's in control. You can manipulate right, someone right. who's emotional and angry and whatever. Freaking out and stuff, yeah. Right? For better or for worse. Yeah, so that's so that's so true. But to your question, 
do I think, and again, like this requires, like, I feel like so much more thought and reflection and conversation that anger can exist without blame. I would say no. Right. Cause it's like, it's, it's coming from like, well, you can't have control without responsibility. Right. And you can't have responsibility when there's blame. Right. And like, I, including blaming yourself, is a lack like, of cause control. you can be angry at yourself. We're not just talking about external, internal blame as well here. Okay. That's a dimension I wasn't thinking about. Right. Like so being angry. So like blaming yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that was something I actually, so I was talking about our client, mm-hmm. our member who, uh, was talking about, you know, the victim mindset. Mm-hmm. And I did actually bring that up. Bring what up? Um, so I said like the opposite of blame is responsibility and blame is the primary tool of the victim is like, it's this person's fault. It's this thing's fault. It's this thing's fault. Mm-hmm. But also it's my fault. It's my, everything's right? my fault. So the victim blames others and they blame themselves, right? A non-victim takes responsibility and they just own it. They're mm-hmm. not beating themselves up and they're not, you know, passing responsibility to somebody else, you know, because beating yourself up is just another way to avoid actually solving the problem. Mm, Have you thought about that? Say it again. Beating yourself up is just another way to avoid solving the problem. 100%. Yeah. Right. Cause like, I don't want to speak to you, but like you beat yourself up more than anybody that I've ever met when you were hurting. Yeah. When you're going through trauma. Yep. It's like, I, I saw you beat yourself. I beat myself up a lot, but you beat yourself up so much, right? And it wasn't until, and I, like I don't mean to put like the focus on you. It's no, you it's it's a, it can be easier to like see somebody oh, else going course. through it, of course. you know. And I know like I could probably take this exact scenario and you know find an exact same story for myself. But um, you didn't um, you didn't stop start solving the problem. Right. So, so sometimes I would come to you. So let, here's an example. Like you, you would yell at me, you would get angry at me. And I tell you, I come to you and I say, Hey, you I already tried to have a conversation with you. Right. And be like about the anger and be like, you know, I was really hurt when, you know, I said this and you got angry and then you would feel really guilty. Right. So I would come talk to you about it. You would feel guilty and then beat yourself up. Right. So it was just another like if you think of like uh, anger being blaming me, and then when I came to you, it like, what's what's the word? It was binary, right? One side or another. It was like blaming somebody else, the external problem, so much, or I'm blaming myself, a hundred percent, right? Right. So that's like what you flip flopped in between was like, I'm gonna blame everything outside of me for my for how I feel, or I'm gonna blame myself like 100%. And it wasn't right. still in, until you, you stopped blaming where you could actually sit down and have a conversation about it with yourself or myself, whatever, mm-hmm. and actually solve the problem. Right. Because the pain of like self blame is just another way. I don't want to say of avoidance. It might not be a way, like a way of avoidance, but you're not going to be able to solve the problem if you're blaming anybody right. because you're not taking responsibility and blaming yourself is not, you know, owning the problem or taking responsibility for the problem. Right. And I think for, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. And I know this is true for other people, but like that was without realizing it, my way of, I was trying to make it right. Right. So it was like, okay, like I hurt you. Now I'm going to beat myself up to hurt me. So that like settles to make the, it right, the yeah. scale. Right. <clears throat> and so that was my, that's at least like not consciously, but what the thought process was yeah, back then. Yeah. It was like, okay, let it's me like balance penance. the scale. Exactly. It was like right? penance. 
which is like another conversation maybe, but. Why? What do you have against penance? Nothing against penance. Just, is penance specifically religious? I don't know if it's specifically religious. I'm just thinking like to my own childhood and religion. Yeah. How uh, that played a role. Like this idea that you have to balance out kind of, you know, so that you can net positive and right. you have to be punished you ha- yeah be you good. right right and so i remember like going to confession and then being like oh okay so i don't know if i'm about to like indict myself if i admit this on a public forum right but like when i was younger <laughs> <laughs> uh right after church i stole a stick of gut gu- a little stick pack of gum from cvs <laughs> right after church whoa i know well i have since paid them back for that stick of gum that little five pack whatever of gum and and i went to confession about it okay so cvs don't sue me please (laughs) (laughs) and is right so so i went to confession about it like i i did it when i was like way young i was like that runs in my family no not stealing never mind never mind never mind never mind well kind of no my my, my grandma would like take tv remotes and like salt and pepper shakers (laughs) she had alzheimer's though um so we just joke about that but like years later when we did confirmation or, or whatever it was, maybe communion. And then you do, you start to do confession. I went and I did confession and I was like, you know, I, I like yelled, yell at my brother. And sometimes I don't listen to what my parents say. And I, I stole a stick of gum and they were like, okay, like go do like five, our fathers and like seven hail Marys and like be nice moving forward. Right. And then you're like absolved of doing those things. Mm-hmm. And so I think like in my head, it was like, okay, like you, you need to balance the scales. And that, that's yeah. why I laughed when you said penance because I was wondering if there was like something deeper that like of why you felt of that? why I felt like that's how the scale needed to be balanced versus like oh okay I'm gonna do better in the future yeah like I needed to like balance the scale and then do better in the future but I actually didn't make it to step two and that was true of my life growing up too it's like okay so I I said to the you know the priest okay I stole the stick of gum and I was mean to my brother and I didn't listen to my parents and he was like okay do mm. do these prayers go right now at the altar great and then you're good and do better in the future but I did the prayers and then like you know I'm sure like later that day or that week I had an argument with my, with my brother or I didn't listen to my parents or like whatever I never stole again but like whatever mm. Right. And so it's like, I never got to that second step and like in the back of my head and I know we're digressing a lot now, but in the back of my head, it was like, oh, well, if, and when I do something wrong, I'll go and I'll confess again and I'll balance the scales. And I'm wondering if that played a role in that kind of mindset of like, oh, I hurt you. Let me balance the scales by hurting me. Oh, I hurt you. Let me balance the scales, but never really getting to that second step of like, oh, do better as a person. And that can come with age as well, you know, because obviously I was young, but I think, I think there can be positives to, you know, Pen, penance like it's basically like because like, there are things like if you do something wrong you can do things to make it right you know or but I think when it's taken to the extreme like you yeah you did it can be bad but I don't think it's off topic top off topic at all because <clears throat> I think a lot of people feel that right it's like the immense and the immense guilt is another way that you can like beat yourself up basically mm-hmm. and blame yourself right that's basically what guilt is is like I'm blaming myself for this. I feel guilty for this. So I'm mm-hmm. going to make myself feel bad for this, for something that I did mm-hmm. in the past. And I think it's very relevant to the conversation of anger because we're talking about, you know, anger is about blaming, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the conversation. Can you have, can you have anger without blame? Mm-hmm. And it seems like you really, you really 
can't. It'll be interesting right. to dive in. It, yeah. Like that's a, that's a really deep conversation right there. But then flip flop. You can flip flop between anger and guilt or anger and beating yourself up. Mm-hmm. And that's also a different type of blame. Yeah. So before we forget, and cause there's one more thing I want to talk about. Anger, the definition. Okay, so here's the real definition, right? Yeah, here's the real definition. You're going to read the real definition. So anger, I just took my glasses off, is a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility, which I think is a really interesting way to define it, right? A strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. That makes it really broad, right? Mm. Because then by this definition, if you're ever annoyed, you're angry. If you're ever displeased, you're yeah. angry. Or hostility. Like that that makes more sense to me. And and annoyance does, but like we mm-hmm. talked about at the beginning, there's like so many different levels of anger and even different things we can call anger, right? Different words we can use for anger, but there's right. like different severity levels. You know, there's yeah. anger yelling at a trucker at a red light. <laughs> there's anger, you know, putting your fist through a wall, breaking furniture hitting someone hitting yourself right like and then there's anger like like a small disagreement between you and your spouse or or a family member or mm-hmm. anger at yourself because you you messed something up on your taxes or you you mess you sent the wrong email to the wrong person like there's so many different levels of that so you know that definition i think leaves a lot to be desired but in a sense is good because it it is very very broad yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, that's the definition or the, the, the dictionary definition of it. But I think we went, we went a lot deeper into like kind of the implications of it and the causes of it and things like that, which is interesting. Very interesting to think about. Yeah. So what would you say is like, uh, for people listening, what do you think, or what are, what are some strategies that people can use to combat anger and the flip-flop so going from anger to guilt and getting out of that kind of blame loop right because that's how it that's how it can happen for a lot of people you feel angry and then you feel guilty about feeling angry Mm -hmm. but then you like i was saying before since you're just blaming you never get out of that victim mindset and you never just own it and take responsibility for it and accept it like accept that is such a powerful world yeah word acceptance you never just accept okay this is what it is how do i move forward given that this i just accept okay this is the situation right it's not good or bad it just is this is just what happened now what do i do to move forward and obviously that mindset alone will help a lot of people but what are some things that like people can do specifically like quickly easy tips for anger yeah i well i think honestly you said it like at the result of sounding cheesy and there's a lot to be there's a lot to be said for this but this is something I still do regardless of the emotion, you know, depending on the situation that I'm facing, like in my life is I take a deep breath. And for me, like I talk fast, I breathe fast. Naturally, I move fast. Like I'm, I'm this like little firecracker, firecracker. Right. (laughs) And yeah, you can hear it. Yeah. Sometimes you can hear it, but I hear Brad talk and then I hear myself talk on recording back to back. And I'm like, wow, I can't like, I'm, I can't understand what I'm saying compared to what you're saying. <laughs> um, just because I <laughs> can go so speed. fast on double speed. Yeah. Right. So what I'll do again, still depending on the situation or, or what I'm going through or whatever, I'll just, I'll say to myself, all right, stop, pause. And I'll say this out loud. Sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'll look into my eyes. I'll say, Kayleen, stop. 
hold on, pause. And I'll take a big breath, a big deep breath, and then I'll actually like hold my mouth closed and like release that breath into my mouth and then like slowly let it out the side of my mouth. Like, yeah, so like my my cheeks puff up and then I'll like slowly let it out. That's good. And to me, that's like me signaling to myself, like slow down, let's be here right now for a second. Mm. Let's just be present. Yeah. And let's 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 go one step at a time, right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's like kind of the first step because that is what's gonna like slow your thoughts down and say, okay, hold on, let's pause for a second. We're blaming ourselves. We're blaming someone else. Like, hold on, let's just pause. Let's, yeah. let's just be here. Let's breathe for one second. Yeah. So, and the, then first, so the first thing, right, is that mm-hmm. you became aware of when you were getting angry, right? And you catch it before you get angry, obviously, because you don't get angry, if right? Possible. If possible. Oh, you mean now I don't get angry? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, with this tool or what you're talking about right now, it's like you want to be aware, right? So what we were talking about before was like how you can lead up to anger, right? So it's like a series of, of events that happens before you actually lash out and get angry. So the further back that you can catch yourself, the better. So you want to kind of, I think a really good good practice of awareness for anger is to think about the last time you were angry and then trace back the events that happened before that. Right. Mm -hmm. So you break down, okay, what was I feeling before that? What triggered me in the first place? And how did my, um, my emotions build up? Right. Because if you become aware of the emotions that come before, let's say like the snap or whatever it Mm -hmm. is, you will be that much better to catch it because you'll be aware. Okay. I'm feeling, I'm feeling some emotion coming up. This is the time to take the deep breath. This is the time to slow down and tell myself to slow down Yeah, because I'm not there yet. Now, if you have already gotten angry, it's still going to work. It's still applicable, right? But that I just wanted to put that in to be like, you can catch it before it happens. And that's the goal. Well, it's I like want to go back to that. Sooner and sooner and sooner. For a second, sooner. because it's going to work regardless. But, it, you know, Brad's talking about becoming aware of this happening. You very well could be triggering yourself, meaning your thoughts can be triggering. So watch out for that. And you could be feeding it, meaning like something triggers you and then your thoughts feed it. And like stoke the fire. Absolutely. Right. So uh, like those are things to watch out for. Watch your thoughts, watch yourself. And cause you're going to want to feed it cause that fire wants to be fed. Right. Cause it, it, there's a, there's a feel good when it comes to being angry. There's a release that can happen. Right. But we want to get that in other ways. And like, I would say, be aware of what's happening in your body. Right. For me, like the moment that I know I'm just about too far, I feel this like rush of like warmth come like through my chest, Yeah. right? And so I feel this like, and it's like adrenaline, right? It comes through my chest. And that's when I like, I know that I cannot say another word. <laughs> I need to turn around. I need to walk out and I need to take a couple deep breaths because I know that the next thing that I'm going to say is fueled by anger and is not rational, right? And yeah. so I need to swallow those words. And I, I, even now, I mean, sometimes like I just, I bite my tongue and I, the way that I think about it is like, you know, I, I bite my tongue because I want a certain outcome in the situation. I'm not here to hurt you. I don't want to react to being hurt. I want our relationship to get better. So I'm not gonna, this is not the moment to bring up all the things that I'm upset at you with. There's a time and a place maybe to talk about, you know, dishes in the sink or whatever, but it's not (laughs) right now. Oh, is that what that's about? Right? So, (laughs) so think about the feelings, like the physical feelings. The physical. Watch yourself feed it because there's gonna be this part of you that wants to feed it. And the sooner you can stop yourself, of course, the better. But you will start to notice there is a like, sometimes we'll refer to it as a decision point where it's 
It's not the point of no return. It's not. But it's the point where it's going to get really hard to return it from here on out. Meaning it's going to get, get a lot harder. Yeah, it's going to get way, sure. way harder. Right. <laughs> so but any, at, in any any juncture. Right. Pause. Take a deep breath. Slow yourself down. That is like kind of key number one. And then. So for me, it's about that deep breath. It's about like pausing. Like literally I will stop myself because I have a tendency to like pace and like fidget and stuff. Brad and I both do. And. I'll physically stop myself and then I'll talk to myself and I'll say, all right, Keelan, hold on, slow down, breathe, pause, and then think. And I'll say these things out loud sometimes, again, like in the mirror, slow down, pause, think, stop. And then I'll take that deep breath and then I'll control my thoughts and I'll say, okay, well, what is true? What is actually true? Not what's being happening Mm -hmm. in my emotions. What do I want the outcome to be? What is actually true? I got hurt. Here's why. Okay. Here's how I feel. Like the facts. The facts, right? What are like the facts. I, you know, I got triggered by this thing. You know, this is what hurts. This is why I feel that way. This is what needs to be done. I need to address it with this person, or I just need to forgive myself, or whatever it is. But I start to kind of break down the pieces into like what is happening. And those mm-hmm. feelings are part of the facts, right? I yeah. feel angry. Okay, but why? Because yeah. I feel hurt. Because I feel guilty. Because I feel, you know. And then. You, like you just if you can think logically about all the pieces then you can say okay well here's what i'm going to do maybe it's just i'm going to direct my thoughts to somewhere positive and let myself cool off or maybe you know thinking logically and finding out all the pieces shows you the path that needs to be taken i mean it's going to be yeah. different really based yeah. on the situation but that for for me is like yeah so it's kind yeah. of like an in the moment kind of deal for you I, it's I, like you feel the emotion yeah. physically you Take a deep breath, let it out slowly, tell mm-hmm. yourself to slow down, mm-hmm. and then look at the situation super objectively, mm-hmm. super rationally and logically, without emotion. Yeah, right? as What's much as really possible. happening in the present moment, right? Because usually what happens and what you find, right, is that that anger is from a past event. It's triggered. So you're like it's it's a trauma from your past or something from your past that is triggered that you're now re-experiencing in the present. So what you are experiencing in the present has nothing to do with the present other than it reminds you of the past. And that that connection is unconscious and something that you don't control because you get triggered, it happens, right? It's subconsciously, there's something that happens that reminds you and then you, you emotion, like those emotions come up right and sometimes it's something that needs deeper processing and sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to write yourself logically and so yeah. the way that i will think about that sometimes is like okay I, imagine i was speaking to a friend what would i say to them i'd say mm-hmm. hey listen hold on this isn't your fault you know you did everything that you could you know you kept your cool and like, let's say it was an argument with us, right? And and in this case, I don't mean to pick on you. In this case, I was in the right and you lost you you lost your temper, right? And so you started yelling and this, that, and the other thing. And I was actually very logical in, you know, in the conversation. <laughs> you know, I would leave the conversation and then maybe start to get like upset, right? And so that's where I would say, okay, hold on, pause, slow down. And then I'd look myself in the mirror and say, okay, well, I did everything that I could. You know, I presented my side of the argument. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm not these things that, 
you know, he says that I am because he was in a state of being heated. I'm a good person, right? So I would start to talk to myself as if I were talking to a friend so that I don't get to that side of like, oh, well, maybe he's right. Maybe I am all these things. And, and you know, it was wrong for me to say that. And maybe he's right. I did mean this really malicious thing when I said that, even though I know at my core, it was just supposed to be a joke or whatever, right? So it's it's easy to swing but it can be help helpful to take an objective view, you know, as if you were talking to a friend and say, oh, okay, hold on, slow down. Cause you ever talk to a friend yeah. and they present you with like an argument or a problem or something. And then they go like to way to left field, you know, and you're like, well, well, hold on, hold on. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to, like there's so many inappropriate phrases. Um, we don't have to go so far out in left field. Jump to conclusions. Jump to conclusions. Okay. We don't have. Yeah, we don't have. <laughs> I don't to, know what inappropriate thing you're thinking about for jump to. I don't know. Conclusion. Whatever. We don't have to <laughs> jump to conclusions. Let's slow down a second here. Let's look at the facts. He loves you. You had an argument. It's not the end of everything, right? And so just get more down the middle. Get more logical. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, and that comes down to controlling your thoughts and self-talk. So, in short. In summary, and I would actually say that is a more challenging thing to do. That's a higher level skill and that's something that you do now. But I would say in the beginning for the majority of people, becoming aware of when the anger comes up in your body, taking a deep breath, slowing down and stepping out of the situation so that you can start to think about it. Mm -hmm. That is like the inter inter or the step I would put in between, um, between uh, uh, thinking hyper-rationally about well, it. Well, and doing and, a recovery toolbox tool, right? Yeah, and this is like, like doing something to help down. you calm down. Yeah, yeah. Right? So earlier this year, I, oh no, wow. It was last year. Last year. Was it last year or the year before? Last year. I released a book called The Art of Trauma Relief, right? Teaching nine tools on how yeah. to basically slow down, calm down, mm -hmm. and different strategies, and those are amazing. Yeah, and there's a link to get it for free in the show notes. Um Okay. Oh, you're excited. No, I, your eyes just lit up. Well, you were like show notes. I was like, what are show notes? I don't even know what show notes are. So thank you for joining us for this episode. <laughs> we hope to see you next time. On top of looking in the show notes for the link, <laughs> please rate the podcast and of course subscribe to it. It helps us reach more people and it helps us get back here a couple times a week so we can chat with you and give helpful healing advice. Goodbye. See you later.